Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Webcology here on WMRN.FM. It's the 14th of September, 2023. Uh, September's halfway through. And more importantly, there is only one week of official summer left. So um, this is it. This is your, 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 your last warning. Get out there and enjoy yourself while you can still enjoy yourself in the summer. Um, this is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Christine Schackinger from Sites Without Walls. And this is a kind of complicated show. We have, um, we're trying to do a series on AI to uh, get a little bit deeper than the, oh my goodness, there's a new robot in the room that's going to perform miracles while it makes us all unemployed kind of talk. Um, so last week we had uh, Gavin Klondike, a uh, AI researcher um, and a, uh, well, a penetration tester, a, a, a uh, red team uh, specialist, um, and also the, the 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 person who helped set up the AI village at 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 this year's DefCon. He explained how large language models worked. Um, if you want a background in how LLMs work, go listen to our last show. Um, it, was, it was a fun show. It was a really fun interview. Going to love to have Gavin on again in the future. This week, we thought we'd go a slightly different direction. We want to talk about the integration of artificial intelligence in uh, commonly used SEO tools. And we also want to talk about how SEOs are using um, AI in their daily practice. We're going to have two, uh, two separate guest segments. First, uh, Mark Trapagan, the um, uh, uh, Vice President of Product Marketing and Training at SEO Clarity. He's going to join us in a few minutes to talk about how a large SEO uh, tool maker integrates AI into the tools they offer SEOs. And uh, a little later on in the show, joining us live from uh, from Brighton SEO, we're going to have Craig Campbell come in and talk about how he and um, his colleagues are using AI in, uh, in their practice today. First, a little bit, a uh, little bit of just quick, quick overview on the news. Um, a lot happened this week. We have very little time to talk about it. Google is um, finally in court in a saga that actually began back in the Trump administration. Um, then Attorney General Bill Barr, uh, Bill Burr, um, filed antitrust charges on Google. Um, and this week, the U.S. Justice Department is going to argue Google abused its power as a monopoly to dominate the search business. They do? Well, you remember, you remember how um, <laughs> Microsoft back in the um, 90s and early 2Ks absolutely dominated the desktop, and that's how they threw their weight around and got people to use all the Microsoft suites of products, and in doing that, um, probably killed off a number of competing products. Sure, I do remember that. The U.S. government took Microsoft to court and and then literally broke up 
that dominance. Um, Microsoft was was not allowed to have its money of its software packages pre-installed in Windows packages. Um, similarly, because Google owns the dominant, the vastly dominant uh, browser, it can pretty much throw its software around at first. You know, you you um, are setting up a new computer. You uh, first thing you do is use Edge to download Chrome, and um, <laughs> suddenly you're in the Googleverse. And Google can, you know, through the power of recommendation, pretty much control where your mouse is going to go, right? Well, yeah, sort of. But yeah. Oh, by the way, a little little factoid: most people don't know about Windows back in the day to get around any more any trust issues. They only completed their products. I know this from a Microsoft person uh, to seventy or eighty percent. Remember how they weren't quite mm. done, and you always had like issues that they had to get add-ons for and things. This would be why. Yeah, because they let other people develop the other 30% of the product. Well, yeah. the U.S. government is alleging that Google is doing the same sort of thing with, with, with Chrome um, and with um, the fact that it owns the vast majority of the advertising uh, the advertising uh, ecosystem and really the vast, still to this day, um, the vast majority of search activity happens at Google. So that's happening right now. Um in fact, I understand that uh, Google's CEO might be called to testify sometime uh, this week or next. Yeah, it's a it's going to be a three month trial. Uh, it's primarily focusing on the fact that Google is installed on devices by default, like Mozilla and Apple. Mm -hmm. uh, they the, Google's Google is saying, well, people can always change. But I bet if we asked regular people who don't work in this industry or tech if they knew they could change, there'd probably be a pretty low percentage that knew how to change their browser. I mean, their search engine. So, uh, so yeah, so that's what they're focusing on because they have 90% market share and uh, one point uh, overall, it varies by country, but not by a lot. And then it's worth 1.7 trillion based on that. So. Um, story that may end up in court, um, and this is uh, this is breaking and 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 uh, currently developing. Um, Well-known search marketer Melissa McKay um, posted on Twixter. Um, a sort of cryptic message, uh, angry, an angry cryptic message, saying that she'd kept quiet about this Google Ads issue that she'd been having. But the last reply from support has her seething. Goes on to say, um, her one of her clients started showing in an expanded targeting experiment, despite the fact that she had specifically opted them out of this uh, out of the, out of that setting, um, this cost her client thousands and thousands of dollars. When she tried to take it up with Google support, she was given a runaround, told it was a bug. Um, eventually, ended up getting uh, getting a refund. But in the meantime, she, you know, there's a damaged reputation with the client. Uh, clients lost um, opportunity, and um, Google's I don't know. Um, public relations um, massive misstep. This is the kind of thing that ends up in court if you don't if you don't deal with it properly. Eh? Yeah, the quote from Google was from Melissa's account on Twitter was from time to time the Google Ads team runs incremental experiments on campaigns to test impact of a proposed change. Uh, team confirmed that, that for this issue we might not provide any credit or refund. 
So that was their official statement when she first started discussing it with them. I mean, in search, we, we used to this happening all the time, right? You, you might be down just because Google's testing something. But uh, you're right. In this case, this definitely could lead to lawsuits because people are losing thousands of dollars and they directly have stated that they're running a test. So now, as I understand it, after uh, Ginny Maven, uh, who is Google's um, paid search liaison, uh, looked into it, she, she, she said in, in Twister she would look into it, that a resolution came about. But this is one of the few times where it actually suggests there may well be a relationship between um, between Melissa and Ginny, just as it would be a relationship between many uh, well-known search marketers and, and Ginny Maven, given that Ginny used to be like, you know, the, the lead writer at Search Engine Land on uh, 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 PPC issues and, and, and on paid search. Um, so I just thought that was interesting. So when, when, when comp the complaint went really, really, really public, Google took the positive action. Media works. But how, how many accounts have no idea that that even occurred? Well, indeed, indeed, and that's yeah. why we talk about this sort of thing now. So this is this is really worth checking. Um, exactly. Yeah. If you've got a set and forget account, first off, shame on you. Don't do that. And uh, secondly, go take a look. Uh huh. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, a couple more, a couple more minutes, then we we want to get get uh, Mark on the air as quickly as we can. Um, two quick stories that uh. uh I can sort of see John Mueller just throwing his hands up and going to the to the to the to the gods or the deities going, goodness gracious, why do I gotta say this? But on the twelfth and followed up on the thirteenth, Mark May or uh, uh, John Mueller made the point strongly. If you make a change to your website, um, well, this is it, it's it's actually it's pretty Newtonian. Um, one action will get a uh, reaction. Not, not necessarily equal and opposite, but it will get a reaction from Google. Um, if you make a change to your website, you're giving Google something new to deal with, and that will have Google look at your website differently. Maybe, a, way, different, mean, maybe a little different. Maybe good, maybe bad. Change. We mean big change, not like you just change one piece of content. No, so, no, indeed. Yeah, but if, yeah, you, yeah. if you do revamp your website, A, you will see a temporary loss of, of ranking. You might get those rankings right on back again, but it's going to happen. Um, also, Google will treat your website slightly differently. Well, uh, Christine, your complaint with the way John phrased this, though. Well, yeah, just not the way John phrased it. But just it's reported like it's a it's a it's a water is wet comment, right? Like if I change my website and my URL structure and my page design, Google has to reevaluate my site. So I might not come back where I was, or I might do better depending on the amount of SEOs that were involved in the process. But uh, so it's just it's just kind of a water is wet thing. Of course, it's going to change because they have to reevaluate everything. It doesn't mean it changes for the worse. It just means that, you know, the page that used to rank for X had the content changed and now it's going to rank for Y because the content doesn't reflect the intent match anymore. Something like that. For anyone who is doing a major site revamp, um, this is you you hear a lot of people say technical SEO doesn't matter anymore. It's all content. And that's the only thing that's important. Um, if you're doing a site revamp, a uh, if even if you're just reskinning a site, this is when you want te your technical SEO by your side. It is. I get so many clients. Sorry to interrupt. I just say I get so many people call me for a site audit on their uh, old site, and they're currently already doing a new site and and don't have the SEO involved in that. So I like, you really probably want me involved and to check out your new site. Because, <laughs> you know, everything from just page design to 
to uh, your CWVs, to your URL structures, to your internal linking, all those things are going to affect how Google reevaluates the new site. Yeah. And if you don't have an SEO involved, you might get lucky and you might lose a lot of traffic. So you always want SEO involved from day one of a site redesign. I mean, before you've even coded anything. So. Okay. Lastly, in the news section, um, and this is this has just been happening in the uh, uh, last day or so. If you live in uh, the United States, Japan, or India, you are um, well. You're experienced. At least you're able to experience uh, Google's search generative experience. And if you live in the U.S., Japan, and India, you're probably seeing um, a banner overlay in search results prompting you to. Uh, enjoy the search generative experience i don't live in any of those places i live in canada i'm not seeing uh this banner but christine you just came across you just came across this in the wild just before go we went to air no i didn't i couldn't generate it so uh, oh i thought you died. saw i thought you said you saw this no. big banner that pushed everything below the fold no that was they pushed ads so the, I, I was laughing because in in one of the experiences with sg sg generated was the sg was below the fold because the ads took up so much space above the fold so no one would actually know it was there. But uh, yeah, so what they what people are seeing is if they haven't opted into SGE, uh, they're getting this banner. But I unfortunately, I tried on a guest account, a not logged in account, and my regular account, I couldn't trigger it with the same query. So it probably just means it's a test or an experiment. Okay. Well, um, to me, that sort of indicates Google is pushing um, the experience. We know that it ends... Um, sometime in December so, and what comes after that that's still a, a big unknown but yeah Google is um, is, is, is trying to uh, 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 entice people into um, well, I guess getting experienced okay <laughs> speaking of experience um, it's really cool having uh, Mark Trab Hagen on the show today uh, speaking about um, machine learning, LLMs, and integrating AI into uh, tool sets. One of the reasons I think it's so cool is because Mark hasn't, Mark is the, uh, the Vice President of Marketing and Training at SEO Clarity. He's been in the SEO world, he's one of the OGs, he's been around for a very, very, very long time, knows the world, knows the SEO world backwards and forwards, both from the position um, as a practitioner and as a, uh, uh, well now, a, for want of a better word, a tool and die maker. Um, first off, Mark, welcome to Webcology. Thank you, Jim. Uh, I haven't had my, my position described that way before, but maybe I'll use that now. Yeah. Uh, it's ironic because uh, one of my first jobs out of high school was working in a tool and die plant. So I've come full circle. <laughs> you were um, in on some of the earliest thinking in search on machine learning when you were working with Eric Eng. Um, I know you guys were thinking about uh, machine learning six, seven, eight years ago, because Eric is what got Dave Davies fascinated with machine learning. Mm -hmm. I remember the interview and I heard the, the light bulb turn on in Dave's mind from like 4,000 miles across the country. Um, given your experience, you know, early in the days, and again, we're, the, the, Mark was Mark and, and Eric were thinking about, about machine learning long before any of us in the industry were. How, how do you feel about where we are today? 
Well, that's a big question that I could take the rest of my half hour to answer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I, I will not do that because uh, we've got a lot to talk about, but uh, be succinct. But yeah, it was fascinating. I was so privileged to work with Eric Enga at the time of his own company, Stone Temple, uh, back in the day, because Eric uh, was an engineer. He came from an engineering background, and so he was a tinkerer, and he always was wanting to get into the hood. So uh, as you know, machine learning technology emerged in theory, uh, he not only studied it, but he actually played with it, built things, um, built little tools within our agency, things like that. And I got to be on a front row seat of that and see the power of that and get an early understanding of how that works, how uh, things like large language models work and how um, a training set works and all those sorts of things. Uh, so I'm going to grow up with that. And then uh, ending up here in the last three and a half years at SEO Clarity, uh, coming into a enterprise plat SEO platform that is pioneer in incorporating uh, machine learning models into its platform long before ChatGPT, uh, realizing that at the time when uh, when Middle and Calpesh were building the SEO Clarity tool, uh, most tools were just simply regurgitating straight data. They would just get raw data from wherever they could and just uh, the one service that they provided was putting it in a, a handy user interface. They wanted to go way beyond that and realized that um, that AI gave the ability or the potential to uh, do high-level analysis and produce insights that you couldn't get otherwise to do uh, provide insights for our clients that uh, just the raw data itself might not show. Uh, so we've been working with it for many, many years and then came uh, generative AI revolution with uh, ChatGPT coming out. And uh, just a quick history on that with us is that we, we had to take a hard look at it. We knew we were going to be hearing from clients saying, like, what are you going to do with this? When is it going to be in the platform? How can we use it? But we didn't want to use it just for using its sake. Um, so realizing that this was a, a whole new leap in terms of what it produces and uh, sometimes frightening nature of what it produces, our first step before we built anything was actually to create uh, a manifesto, we call it. Uh, it's our SEO Clarity AI manifesto that is a statement of principles and ethics that guide all of our use of AI. And we're very serious about it. It's public. You can Google SEO Clarity AI manifesto. Uh, it's just a set of principles that will be continually built and worked on. But that was our first step because we wanted to make sure that if we built anything from this generative AI into the platform, that it would be safe for our clients, first of all, that it would be secure, uh, that their data wouldn't be getting out anywhere that they didn't want it to be, and that it would be truly useful, that it would not just be smoke and mirrors uh, with empty promises. So that's kind of my history of, of involvement with it leading up into what I'm doing in the present day. I guess the first uh, question to ask. This, is, this almost feels like I want to un unravel a ball, a ball of yarn. Um, that because there was like seven questions I have on just <laughs> what you just said. Um, how is generative AI used in SEO Clarity? What, 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 how is, how does it improve the package? So that's been one of the most exciting things. It's certainly, it's absolutely the most visible. Uh, you know, ninety percent of what we do with AI is invisible to the client. Um, they see it in the results that it produces, but it's not there. Whereas generative AI in our platform is very visible. In fact, we even gave it a personification. We call it SIA, S-I-A, not to be confused with the singer. Uh, and SIA is an acronym, stands for SEO Clarity Intelligent Assistant. 
so SIA is built into multiple parts of our platform and is using the same technology that ChatGPT uses, that other, uh, other models use. Um, we're multi-model, meaning we're not dependent just on ChatGPT's model, but we'll use whatever model uh, or combination of models best applies to things. But just quickly to run down of what we've been doing with SIA this year and what we've introduced already, uh, no other SEO platform has these kinds of functions out there. There's some that are talking about developing things like it's active. Our clients are using these today. So very quickly, uh, we're using it for on-page SEO and things like uh, suggesting uh, titles and meta descriptions. Uh, getting and and the, maybe I should preface all of this by saying I think the exciting thing is that we are not. Uh, whereas ChatGPT just goes out and scans the entire internet and the entire electronic corpus of what's available to it. So it's very broad and generalized in its knowledge on any particular topic and can pull in a lot of bad stuff as well as a lot of good stuff, as we all know. We train our models very specifically on our own data. So it's a very controlled environment. Uh, so we know the best practices. We know, you know, how to train this thing. So it can suggest, uh, you know, more creative titles and, and meta descriptions that uh, that are more uh, likely to uh, draw in somebody when they see it on search, that sort of thing. So there's, uh, of course, content generation or content fusion uh, writing product, uh, help content production product that helps writers bring all the data together they need to create uh, the best possible content for the users and for search engines. Uh, it's there. Uh, that's where we've really concentrated on using it carefully and ethically. Uh, it can do things like generate uh, suggested outlines for a writer to get the pen moving, get it going, uh, and even create rewrite some sections of co existing content or uh, create some sample paragraphs. Uh, one of the controls we put on it is we do not allow clients to write an entire piece of content using SIA. Why not? Uh, it won't, won't allow them to do that. We don't want it to be used for that purpose because we don't think that that's a good, we don't think it's healthy for the client. We're being kind of the, kind of the yeah. nanny there, kind of the parent and saying like, you might want to do this, but we don't think it's good for you to do it. Oh, that's um, really good to hear, Mark. I really yeah. like that you guys have added that feature in there. Yeah, again, like we didn't want to just put this out there and say, see, we can do that. You know, we can just, you can create, yeah. just, just, you know, plug in your keyword. Here's a content piece, put it on your site, you know, and, and do a thousand more. Uh, we wanted to keep the writers involved. Uh, so we, it's always as an assistant and as a tool, not as the doing the whole piece of work. Uh, just quickly, some other areas where you see it throughout our platform, uh, keyword and topical research. Uh, we've uh, been able to expand uh, the kind of information that people are used to in getting. Usually when you do keyword research, you get search volume and maybe one or two other data points, and that's it. Um, using this technology now and using it on our database and all of our you know, the billions of keywords that we, we scrape off of Google every day. Um, we can do things like generate a search journey. Say these are the most likely searches that people do before and after your keyword uh, and give you a whole list of those, um, which helps you with creating, you know, contents at all different levels of the journey. Uh, we can suggest the demogra likely demographics of the searchers for your keyword, the people, the audience for that. Um, and also the most likely uh, other topics that they might be searching. So that's it's not just straight generative AI generated. Again, it's coming out of and it's integrated with all of our other data. We're sure of it and highly tested. Just quickly, a couple more things that we're using it for. 
Uh, one is in our link optimizer for internal linking. So we use it to do advanced semantic analysis of you know where you should be linking, interlinking on your content, where the most likely and valuable links are between uh, between your content pieces on your site. Uh, suggest anchor text, anchor, optimize the anchor text, and then use working with Clarity Automate that we've talked about before on this program to put that out, put those links out at scale instantly with the touch of a button. Final thing is SEO task management. Uh, we're looking for more and more tasks that we are uh, able to automate using AI technology. So that can be anywhere from things like um, in bulk, in huge bulk, translating all of your keywords into another language uh, is one, you know, one use of that. Um, it can be uh, auto-generate with, with if, this, if this, then that kind of format, um, auto-generating keyword tags by saying, if the, if the keyword has these certain characteristics, so the URL has these certain characteristics, then give it this tag. Um, so those sorts of, of tasks would be a lot more coming that are very cumbersome to do, especially at enterprise scale. So those are some examples of the kind of things where we're using this newest uh, newest technology. I have to say, I really love the internal linking uh, because internal linking, as far as I can tell, and I've talked to other technical SEOs, we've seen an increase in the value that Google puts on the internal link structures. Mm -hmm. And I actually can see actual increases from optimizing in uh, your internal links, but the issue is it's so hard on an enterprise site where they might have millions of links internally. Yeah. So that's such a great offer that you're doing, especially because you're using semantics to develop the, the anchor text and the relationships between the pages. So that's great. I think that's really, yeah, thank really, you. Our really clients helpful. Are, clients are very excited about it. And yeah. we've already got some uh, fantastic case studies that we're developing with some of the clients here on amazing results that have happened already um, from this. But it's something that they just, they knew they should be doing, but just could not do again because of the scale. When you're talking about tens of thousands or hundreds or millions of pages uh, it's, it's very, very daunting, but this technology can find all the best link opportunities and set them up for you. And then again, with Clary Automate, actually implement them um, right away across the platform. Yeah, and that's amazing because that saves you so much tedious work hours there. Absolutely. Yeah. Mark, one thing you said earlier that I, that I really caught on is um, LLMs had been, uh, machine learning was, was being used by SEO Clarity before November of, of 2022, oh, when, yeah. when ChatGPT um, was introduced. But, but in November 2022, you had to look at what you were doing and sort of step back a second and reevaluate. What kind of impact was that when, 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 when ChatGPT came out and you started realizing um, how different it was than, I guess, what, what you were using or how much more capable? How big an impact was, was that really? I think it, it impacted in terms of uh, you know, we know that a lot of we have some very, very smart clients and they're watching the search world just like the rest of us are. And they're watching what's happening out there. And when something new comes along, um, there's the FOMO sets in, right? Uh, if this is something good, we don't want to be left out. But we're also a little scared of it, maybe, you know, right from the beginning, those of us who are paying attention, um, we're seeing, you know, within a month or so after ChatGPT uh, hit the mainstream and became the big deal that it is, um, the, the scary stories were already coming out, right, about uh, potential misuses of it, of it creating, uh, hallucinating, as they say, you know, totally bogus information, uh, all, all kinds of things. So 
we knew we were going to be hearing from clients and saying that, you know, hey, if this is safe or you can find a safe way to use it, we want to use it. But as I said at the beginning, we also didn't want to uh, just use it for the sake of using it, just like it's a shiny new thing, so we have to use it. Um, we're driven at SEO Clarity by the, the wants and needs of our clients. Um, because we're independent, we're not dependent on investors or anything else, we're self-sustaining. Um, we have that freedom to do that. Our clients are our bosses, and they tell us where to go. But we also have a responsibility to them, hence the AI manifesto in the beginning to give them guidance. And they depend on that uh, for us. So we took a lot of time to think about how can we build this in a, uh, in a careful, responsible way uh, to use it ethically that, uh, again, because we work with enterprise-level clients, they're very sensitive to this. They do not want to have any shade of black hat. They don't want to have any shade of gaming the system. Uh, out there, and yet they need economy of scale desperately. So it was a balancing act in that regard. So how important was uh, defining the uh, AI manifesto, the uh, code of ethics, before moving forward and, and actually developing product? We consider that absolutely critical. Like it really was our first step. Uh, you know, before we began thinking about dreaming about all what's all the cool things we could do about this and soliciting ideas from clients and things like that. It was because of the potential power and danger of this technology, we felt a distinct responsibility to start from an ethical position and actually put that into words. And we hope put that out there and we made it very public to be, uh, we hope an example. Um, you know, I was encouraged to see just in the news this past week, a number of large technology companies uh, had a summit at the White House and they all signed in together on a, a similar kind of uh, document, you know, saying for, for ethical uses of generative AI. Uh, so yeah, it was not just a, it's not just a publicity stunt. It was not just a, you know, afterthought, like we should tack this on. It was the beginning of our process. And then once we had that in place and committed to it, then we felt like we could go forth and build some things that would be useful, but also safe uh, and effective for our clients. Right. Sorry, Jim. I was going to say, it's very nice to see the SEO industry ahead of everyone else on ethics, or at least SEO clarity <laughs> ahead of everyone else on ethics and AI. It's, yeah, it's uh, not always known for that, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. But I think that's great that you guys started with that because it is so important with this technology. When you uh, when you introduce a new product, you have to uh, test it and uh, put it through its paces and, and work it really hard before you um, bring it, bring it, bring it and put it in front of the public. But this has all happened in the span of months. Um, November uh, 2022, uh, ChatGPT is released. You guys uh, take a take a look at your products and say we have to do some more development. Um, how quickly are you able to write up your um, AI manifesto, your code of ethics, and then start applying that to how you develop, how and why you're developing products and introducing them to 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 at the client level? Thankfully, we had two things in our favor in that one you've already brought forward, which is you know our, our years and years of experience in machine learning and uh, AI in general. Uh, we weren't newbies at this. You know, we understood the technology, we understood the theory, um, our engineers are very, very skilled in it. So we already had you know what it took to build quickly. Uh, the other factor is that uh, we have a very, very agile uh, development team. Uh, you know, it's one of the things we pride ourselves on. There's no other platform out there that turns out as much uh, improvements, innovations, everything on the platform as we do on a week-to-week -week basis. Um, 
So we had those two things in place. We knew how to we knew how to test models. We know how to build them. So by the uh, by the late spring, we were able to actually uh, put out start putting out some of these things into the platform for our clients. Now our client, we all make them very aware these things are constantly being tested and improved going forward. Um, we wouldn't put it out there at all until we were sure that it was at least useful. But it's a constant process of uh, feedback and uh, improvement, uh, iteration all, all along the way. Um, I only have, like, I think, uh, a couple more questions for you. Um, I don't, don't, don't want to keep you all afternoon. Um, we have um, one of the things SEO Clarity is known for is responsiveness to clients. If they need something changed in their in their package, you, you guys are pretty fa- pretty quick on it. What if somebody um, is working working with your your um, AI innovations and has suggestions? They want something more in um, the tool that you offer, or they think it would be better if prompted slightly differently. How open are you to um, making changes um, on a meta level and on a uh, per package level? Yeah, we're not just open to those; we thrive on them. Uh, it's really how we built the business. Uh, around the clients and around what they uh, what they want and need, we've always had a uh, a saying that we live by that if 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 t- at least two clients want something built and it's technologically feasible to do it, we'll do it. And for the most part, we've kept that over the years. Uh, that being said, like with this in particular, we're very very eager for and needy for the the client feedback. So there's feedback tools right in the platform where these different uh, where SIA exists throughout the platform, people can easily give feedback immediately. They see something that doesn't look right to them or there's there's a suspect about. And there's also our clients are very familiar with our open roadmap and suggestion tool. They uh, they leave us suggestions all the time for all kinds of improvements in the platform. Uh, and we you know they they do that because they know that we respond to them and. Uh, you know, research them and see which ones are feasible, which ones will benefit clients the most, and we go to work building them. So that feedback has been and continues to be a critical part of the process. Um, this is a much, I, mean, I apologize for asking this question. Um, it's a hard, much harder one to answer. But is there any way that you can quantify um, uh, uh, just the, the efficiencies of, of using AI in the SEO Clarity project, uh, about packages? Like how... Can you quantify how much time, money, effort, or whatever you saved your clients or a specific client story? Well, we have studies currently running on that with some of the clients, so I don't have those figures yet. Yeah, it's a anecdotally, question, anecdotally, I know, but anecdotally, we are getting incredible um, responses from uh, from our clients who are using these things. Uh, there was, uh, you know, just saying that things that they, first of all, they're doing things that they wouldn't have done before, even though they knew how to do them. Because again, we work with enterprise clients, huge websites at the scale they have to work at, the tasks were just too daunting. And now those things are just things that they do every day. Um, so, you know, there's that, there's that quantification. And um, there's, I know with like our Clarity Automate platform, um, I think in our survey, we saw that uh that you know, enterprise SEOs spend uh, or you know take weeks waiting for changes to be implemented through Dev uh, on the average, and many times months. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when as quickly as they can formulate it and build it and test it, they can put it into action. So you're reducing, you know, weeks and months of waiting to to a day or two. Uh, so again, you know, we're we're getting we're trying to get the metrics on that and, and put together some studies on that, uh, case studies on that. But the anecdotal uh, evidence so far is just amazing. People are loving it. Well, Mark Traphagen, uh, Vice President of Marketing and Training at SEO Clarity. Man, thank you for 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 joining us. It's it's always fun when you or or um, CEO Mattel uh, uh, join us. Um, please feel to stick around. Stick around. We're going to be jumping to Craig Campbell, the uh, uh, SEO based out of Glasgow. Um, really looking forward to this next interview. We're going to be talking about how how uh, SEOs are uh, using AI. Um, so again, feel free to stick around. But we're jumping to Craig. Um, Friends, Craig Campbell is sitting in our green room. He's been a uh, SEO for over 20 years based in Glasgow. Um, he is currently in uh, Brighton at Brighton SEO. And uh, Craig, welcome to Webcology. I am so glad we finally got you on the air. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Um, thank you for the nice introduction as well. Um, and yes, still got my Brighton SEO ticket on. <laughs> right on. Ready to go to the party after this. Craig, that was that was a crappy introduction. Given the impact you're having in SEO right now, you are um, you're having, I think, one at the time of your life right now. If, if I imagine where you're at in your career, you're in the madman stage of your career. You, uh, Bibby, the link builder, um, Corey. Uh, there's a whole group of SEOs in Europe who are ripping things up and. It's wonderful watching you guys from afar. I'm, I'm, I'm truly enjoying it. How is it going? All good. All good. It's always fun um, to, to, to try different things and um, play with new technology, new toys, new tools. Um, so now nah, life is good. Um, it's uh, good to travel, go to conferences, network, um, as well as, you know, playing with all the tools and uh, yeah, just try, you know, we, well, certainly for me, I can't really speak for anyone else, but like, like to try and think outside the box, try and blow things up um, understand how things work a little bit better. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I can't complain. You're at Brighton SEO right now. And I imagine a lot of talk is about AI using AI for this uh, task that project or whatnot. What are people talking about? <laughs> to be honest, I haven't listened to a single um, presentation. <laughs> no, you no, no, no. That's the fun part. So when you're sitting around over drinks, saying, "Hey, this is what I did." <laughs> um, so more drinking than presentations, but there is Alida Solis is there talking about AI and the impact that it's having on. SEO, there's various other speakers um, talking about AI. There's new tool providers there. You know, for example, there's, I met a few guys today, Scalenut um, are another AI content um, content flow tool, which is really good. Um, so I sat down with that guy. He talked me through the tool and it looks really interesting. So I've had a look at a few things. I, I, as I say, uh, my attention span um, getting old is not great. So sitting and listening to all the presentations, <laughs> it gets harder as I get older. 
Oh, indeed. I, could, I totally relate to that. But yeah, again, you're sitting um, at the bar or over supper having drinks with uh, with your colleagues and, you know, you talk, uh, trade in war stories. Um, how are you using AI in your practice and how are some of your uh, your colleagues talking about it? Um, so I play around with AI, of course. I'm still very much on the fence as to whether AI is going to be hit in six months' time um, by, you know, utilising it in an aggressive way. Um, so I'm, I'm quite scared on my websites that actually make me real money to, to use it still at this stage. However, um, am I allowed to share my screen? Oh, uh, oh, you can, but only Christine and I will see it. This is pure <laughs> radio. <Nadia. laughs> ah, ah, right, right. Cool. I was going to show you. Um, I was going to show you a screen, uh, or, or the the search console of a website. Um, and it's it's fully automated. It automatically posts the WordPress. Done it for the last six months. Thrown up one thousand one hundred and sixty-two blog posts. Um, it's had a couple of million impressions, uh, you know, a fair amount of clicks. Um, so does this stuff stick? Um, I, we can get AI to work using the processes that we use. The big question for me is how long is it before <laughs> before it drops off again? Um, yeah. So we've had six months utilising the, the exact way that we want to, to do it. And, uh, you know, we don't just... Uh, take it from chat GPT and throw it up in a website or anything. You know, there's a little bit more to it, um, such as maybe using Quillbot to paraphrase the content, um, a little bit of human editing. But um, so, yeah, it's it's working okay on certain websites that we're messing around with. But I, I, I still don't have the greatest faith in the the long term, the the long term. Uh, whether Google are going to come along and basically um, devalue all of that content that's that's made with the current AI tools that are out there. Um, I might be completely wrong with that, and I hope I am. Um, and like anything, I am probably going to turn around and kick myself in six months' time going, you should have used it, you know, six months earlier. But <laughs> when, you're, when you're doing okay, the way that you're currently working, it does scare me a little bit. So... Yeah, I, I'm not using my money websites, but so your, your bread and butter websites are still are still on a on AI enhanced. But your yeah. experimental websites, um, they're still gaining impressions and gaining traffic. Yeah, is it a rapid or a slow gain? Is it steady? Um, I'm finding it takes a little bit of time to get stuff indexed. It probably around about two or three months. I'm assuming that's because of the sheer volume of people throwing. Yeah. Out articles and um, so indexation um at at the start is a little bit problematic but once it goes it's fairly rapid okay. so the uh the i have the same fear as you do craig uh, by reading the helpful content update if you read the details of it there are things in there that i can't meet simple things like originality um or uh uniqueness so i i definitely agree i would not use it on a money site right now until we know for sure especially because the hcu is a machine learning algorithm so it could be speci not specifically targeting ai but targeting things ai can't do well without human, yeah. a lot of human editing uh but i was just curious because llms now the chat gpt revolution kind of reminds me of a really good spinner 
like from back in the day. So Black Hat, right? So how would you compare like people who were early in the industry? And for people who don't know, spinners were ways to scrape content and rewrite it. Um, in this case, that the algorithms are rewrite, rewriting it from like ChatGPT. But I was just curious, is it a comparison or is it not a comparison? <laughs> it probably <laughs> is. It probably is a slight comparison. Again, uh, you know, building a business using something like the best spinner back in the day, which still, I know people that still use that, believe it or not. Um, you know, it can work to a certain degree in very low level niche markets. Um, you know, I know a lot of people who use, you know, they basically take someone else's content, run it through that tool, and boom, it works on a real local, crappy, non-competitive level. Does that <laughs> stuff work at the, the, you know, at any competitive level? I, I don't think it does. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that is my fear for a lot of the, the kind of AI content. Is it good enough to rank in any competitive market? I'm just so so you don't you don't see a uh, threat to uh, content writers or content or content editors uh, moving forward? Yes, yes, I do actually. Um, you know, I think many people, um, you know, have got rid of a lot of the content writers. Um, you know, even for me, I own a, a guest post, a link selling company, um, and we were able to cut down significantly on the cost of the guest posts. We we literally don't care <laughs> as long as it gets <laughs> in. So we were paying writers to, to write the guest posts. Um, now, for me, as long as that stuff gets indexed, it passes value and the, you know, the customers are the same. So we can cut out a lot of content writing costs um, at that point. And I do see and hear of many people um, utilizing AI and getting rid of their content writing teams. The biggest argument that I hear um, <laughs> from people who use it are, how do we know that the content writers themselves are not using it anyway? Um, that's the big <laughs> dilemma. So you could be paying for what you believe to be, you know, handwritten content, and it's you know pulled out of whatever whatever tool that people are using. So that's obviously a big concern for for SEOs. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if all content writing um, will go down, but I th certainly think there's a lot of stuff that ChatGPT does very well. And also what I would add as well, when you're doing email car, uh, email marketing campaigns, when you're doing social media, you can use AI for all of that stuff. We are only concerned about plagiarism on uh, you know, your money websites. So you can utilize it in a lot of other ways, um, which I think speeds up things and uh, cuts down uh, costs for content writers. You know, a lot of time we talk about um, SEO, we talk about the content, we talk about technical SEO, we talk about the websites. We don't often talk about the business end of SEO, um, actually the actual running a business. Do you see any way that um, AI products can be helpful to uh, practitioners who um you know, maybe maybe really good on the technical side, good on the content side, but not so good on the actual running a business side. Is there any, anything out there that you've seen that that would be helpful to somebody who wants to put in the effort to, to be a good business person? Um, I'm not so much. I'm not so sure 
AI is going to help you too much in terms of becoming a good business person. Um, as such, you know, will it help you with a lot of things? Of course it will. Um, you know, not just SEO things. It will help you with a lot of different things, you know, creating, you know, sheets and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's a lot of things you can do with automation. But I think for me, um, I'm not sure. I think a lot of... Uh, the business stuff comes from experience and in your brain and, and how well you're educated rather than AI. Um, right, you know, so I'm, I'm not too sure I would agree that, uh, that it's, it's going to help massively on the business side. I was actually thinking more like banking products and bookkeeping products and stuff, but uh, so, so, don't buy that. So, so <laughs> you're being, you, Craig, you're being really responsible about how you're using it because you have been through the, the history of sites dropping out of the rankings for, you know, overnight, right? I'm going to guess. Yeah. 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 So, um, so, but do you see that industry-wide or do you see a lot of people, especially in the areas you work in, who are just like throwing it up there thinking that's not a big problem or what is the general psyche that's going on with the industry? I personally, from the people that I interact with, think <laughs> that 95% of people, uh, SEOs in particular, are fairly lazy um, and they will use any way of cheating, if you like. And uh, so I think, you know, I, I see a lot of people just throwing up stuff and they're not considering things. Um, but like, you know, many of us who've been in the industry for years, we, we see these updates, we know what it's like to basically have a business pulled from under your feet and it's no no laughing matter where you're earning really good money and then Google decide to do something and uh, you know and, and, and you're you're not earning any money anymore. It's it's not a nice feeling. So yeah, that's why I'm always kind of ultra cautious. I know I've got some form of reputation for being black hat as hell. And yes, of course I do enjoy that side of it, but the reality is most of where I make real long-term consistent money is from websites that I do properly. <laughs> so, um, well, yeah, I wrote, an art I wrote an article, I can't say all the words on here, but um, black hat, white hat, gray hat, and uh, butt hats, <laughs> I guess I could say. Um, meaning that most, most people don't do the black hat on the cash register that pays the bills and pays their employees. It's usually... Done, a responsible ones do it on on other yeah. sites unless it's just their own site and they don't care because people's jobs are on the line if you do it on a, a site where it destroys the site when we say this for people who have not been in industry long uh especially i think it was more more algorithms that were brutal in the early days you literally would lose your entire site overnight like 90 percent traffic loss and you were never getting it back so yeah. uh yeah so i think with with Wisdom, wisdom comes with experience and using it on your cash register is probably not the best idea. So I, I, I like that you also do that the same way. So I am curious, Craig, you, you noted that uh, you have a reputation uh, for, for being black hat, but most of you, most of your work is, is, uh, is in the quote unquote, do it right uh, uh, category. Is that a millstone around your neck or has that been a millstone around your neck or in your, in your career? Um, not so much. Uh, not so much. <laughs> like I do things that that you know have been fun to try. Um, some people will see it as immoral, um, or, or whatever. Um, I've never harmed anyone or anything. I've had a lot of fun, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and 
you know, I've, I've made joking. money, I've lost money, I've blown up websites, I've done, you know, all we've all done it, right? And uh, whether people care to admit it, but I think you know, I've actually got quite a lot of good positive feedback from, uh, you know, the the way that you know I talk about mistakes and the way that I do try and test different things. So I wouldn't change it. You know, there's there's certainly guys out there who work uh, and and I get that you know I'm very good friends with a lot of people who work in the kind of corporate space the 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 white hat space and they can't be seen to be saying the same things that I say um you know buying links and doing this and doing that because they're charging you know big corporate clients a fortune and, and they've got to do the job differently so we've all got our own um space in the market and it would be boring uh, if we were all the same so yeah I, I just like to think uh, you know I'm a bit of a a guy that just likes to duck and dive and try a few things and and yeah and, and that gets out there and some people love you for it some people hate you for it but on the flip side you look at guys like Mark I remember watching Mark years ago um, with the other guy Eric uh, on a lot of video content um, back in the day and you know I'm sure Mark will say, like, you know, for all the good stuff that they do, there's probably still people coming at them for something or another. Um, so you can't please everyone. So if I can please a small proportion of the industry, you know, by, you know, doing things my way, then I, I, I've won. Um, you know, we can't all say the same thing and talk about the same stuff. Um, so yeah. it was my way into it. God, sorry, I was I was I was just agreeing. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I would say that um, black hat gets a bad rap a lot of the times for the people that do bad things with it, but uh, negative SEO and things like that. But black hat that's not harming anybody. You actually learned a lot from that in the early days. The people you learned the most from were like Greg Bozer and you know, Oil Man. Yeah, well, yeah, Todd Friesen. I just said Oil Man, but yeah, Todd Friesen. People like that who blew it up doing black hat because you learned what the algorithms did. So I think we've learned a lot from people doing black hat and it's a toolkit. My, my, my article is about when that's not okay. Like when someone's not properly informing a client or using it on their cash register site, that's different. But yeah, uh, I, it, yeah but we've learned a lot from what black hats do. So I don't have a personal issue. And I think it's unfortunate. Sometimes people hear black hat and they just think like hacker or a really bad person. And it's like, no, a lot of black hats are just testing Google's limits. And as long as you're not harming a client or harming somebody who's relying on that money to come in, then there's no issue with that. It's just what Google doesn't like. It's not. I once not. I once did hear a rumor, Craig, about you a uh, wagon and a bunch of cell phones. Um, oh, was, was that you, Craig? Well, was that you? Is there is there any truth? So you took a bunch of a bunch of cell phones in a wagon through Glasgow and actually changed how Google's uh, search results were constituted. Is, is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a video <laughs> a on YouTube. Um, so it was actually Holly Starks who started that. Now, what we were trying to do was do click-through rate um, on Google My Business listings. We were able to cause traffic jams um, with all these phones and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, click-through rate and engagement on a Google My Business or a Google Business Profile, as they've called it now, um, you know, that helped move the the needle um on your your GMB listings and uh, yeah we we wanted to try that out and see if it worked and and yes it did um <laughs> and we had a lot of fun causing traffic jams and stuff as well so 
again, you've just got to try stuff and see what works. And, you know, it was a lot of work, you know, to hell with running out with all these phones and putting in the direction requests and all that kind of stuff. It's a lot of work, but it showed us that engagement signals um, and driving requests did help your your Google um, business listing. That's so funny. I had no idea that was you. I know the story, but I didn't know it was you. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> very imaginative, very creative. I remember the day that uh, Google decided it was going to publish uh, Twitter posts uh, completely unfiltered. If you posted it, it was going to be going up on Google. It was it was an SES Chicago happening, and uh, me, uh, Sugar Ray, and let me go to another Scottish SEO, Dave, um, former boxer forgetting his last name now uh so we were all over breakfast like tweeting away seeing it appearing on google like 10 minutes later it was it was fabulous that lasted maybe two hours and then they they turned that off yeah it's a uh, it's but again it's fun things to try so yeah why not experimenting yeah is experimenting there, helps. is there any experiments um that you would have done a few years ago that you wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole today um no, I'd probably do them all again. I <laughs> um, <laughs> just see if they were. Um, you know, experiments like I, I got a, a politician's domain name, um, and uh, the guy's called Nigel Farage. He was the leader of the Brexit party. Grabbed his expired domain name, uh, got a whole load of shit for it from all of his following. Um, <laughs> however, my purpose was that big domains do expire. And obviously this guy had backlinks from the BBC, the Independent, every editorial, like literally millions of pounds worth of PR, he literally just forgot to renew. Um, and I'd done it as a an example, a fun story to tell people, and it obviously to get PR for myself as well. Um, but even at that, I got a lot of uh, hassle for it. But in the end, it makes for a good story. And obviously it was, it was all done with an educational angle it wasn't ever done to to hurt anyone um, i just wanted some press and uh, what better way to do it than grab a politician's domain name and ah. uh, yeah it was good. okay we are we are so closing in on, on on the edge of time here so i i just have like like a couple more questions we really should sort of try to stem back to ai and its effect on the industry and i'm gonna have to ask one of those like terribly open-ended questions um but it gives you a lot of leeway um what long i mean looking midterm to long term um how i hate phrasing questions like like this but how and how will it be impactful um ai in the industry in the next year what what do you reckon is going to happen i mean obviously it's very difficult to to see i think you know the way that i see things going and how quick that I see the AI, the AI tools developing, you know, I think it's going to be genuinely the way forward. I think people are, uh, Google are just going to have to, to suck it up. Um, and, you know, the way that the tools in, that are being developed with all these SEO people's feedback and everything else, we're going to get close to what we would consider really good content from AI. Uh, and hopefully alongside some, some imagery, and some automation in terms of publishing that to websites. Um, so I I am not sure Google can cope um, 
with the the, the way that the these things have been set up and, and built. And I'm hoping hoping that that it does pull through and becomes a regular thing. Um, you know, I get that Google, you know, can detect it and all that kind of stuff, but the sheer volume of it, the way it's been used, the way it's been tweaked and everything else, I, I just think it'll be really, really hard to to keep this a, a, a lid on it. So um, I'm hoping that it makes our lives as SEOs um, a lot easier um, because for me, I have, like many of you guys probably have, I have got literally hundreds of domain names that I have never gotten around to putting anything on. So if uh-huh. AI really does become effective, I will be able to get to those projects eventually before I die. <laughs> <I've been laughs> doing, <laughs> been will, uh, we years. all have those, don't we? <laughs> will AI, AI might give you the ability to get to all these projects before you die, but will AI allow us to die as SEOs? Um, no, I still think you need people that understand what they're doing in the background and, uh, you know, structuring things and, and, you know, using the tools and everything else. I think, you know, it is, you know, jobs are going to be lost uh, at the content writing level potentially. Um, but it just means people are going to have to adapt. Um, like many of us have had to adapt over the years anyway. Um, and if that means we have to adapt to to utilizing AI content and that, you know, whatever the process is, whether there's, you know, X amount of human editing and all these kind of tweaks, um, I think, you know, jobs will be lost. I just think it's too big um, and it's, it's grown like wildfire. So I just can't see Google being able to stop it. We've gone full clock. Uh, thank you so much for spending time with us, Craig. And uh, Mark, who's actually uh, just left the green room, thank you for spending time with us in absentia. Um, Craig, we're going to have to invite you on again. I have 100 more questions. And on a, a quick personal note, I have, uh, and I think a whole bunch of people in the SEO world have been enjoying watching your family grow up. Um, thank you for, for sharing that. It's given a lot of people great joy. Oh, thank you very much, Jim. And, and it'll always be a pleasure to come back on and uh, talk some other time if you want. Brilliant, mate. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Craig Campbell. Uh, again, thank you for spending time with us. Um, Christine, we've gone full clock. Is uh, Any last words? Oh, just one quick thing. Uh, uh, Google has a, a animated logo today for Wordle. So oh, if you want to go really? check that out. <laughs> yeah, they do. Okay. <laughs> hey, that friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, special thanks to Mark Traphagen from SEO Clarity and uh, Craig Campbell from Craig Campbell SEO. Uh, you've been listening to Webcology on WMR.FM on the 14th of September, 2023. Be good to each other, be kind, rank well, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program 
are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.